Go ahead and have a seat, everybody. Well, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I'm Dave, one of the teaching pastors. I get to be here two weeks in a row, and so that's a great, no, that's a great honor for me. Love coming here. Love being with you guys. And, uh, you know, we're talking about the Legacy Project, and G's going to jump on that at the end of the service, but today is the big day. Today's the day where we give these one-time gifts, so if you can do that today, you know there's boxes in the back. We encourage you to do that. I I get the privilege of taking us back to our series on the Ten Commandments. If you remember, we did the first four commandments already, and the first four commandments, just so you can understand this, have to deal with our relationship to God. It's, It's very vertical, so when God wants to teach His people how to relate in the world so that we can thrive together, the first thing he says you got to get right is you got to understand about this relationship between you and I. Now, the next six commandments are going to be about how we relate to one another. They're horizontal in nature. Now, this is what I find fascinating. Do you remember when they come up to Jesus, they're trying to trap him, and they say to Jesus, hey, what is the greatest commandment? Well, you have to understand, there wasn't just 10 commandments, there were over 600. There were 622 commandments. So they think they have him stumped, they think he can't answer the right way. And Jesus says, here is the first and great commandment. Love the Lord, right? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all your strength. In other words, love God with all of you, not just part of you. And then he says, and the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself, the horizontal. Do you know what Jesus basically did? He took the Ten Commandments and he said, here's what they're about, four words, love God, love people. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, and so that's why you can trust the Old Testament and the New Testament, because they work together. And so today, I get to talk about honoring your parents. I get to talk about kids honoring their parents. So if you're a young parent and you have kids in kids' church, and you want to bring them in here, go get them, right? Like, go get them right now, because I'm going to bring the heat, baby. I, I'm bringing it. So, so if you see someone sneak out here, don't think, hey, they don't like the message. Think, they're getting their kids. I need to pray for them, right? So we're going to talk about that. But speaking of family, this dad, right, he's, he's at a company thing, and he wins a cool toy. He knows his kids are going to love it. So he goes home. He gets his three kids together. He says, listen, I got this super cool toy, and I'm going to give it to whoever answers this question the right way. All right? So he says to the kids, here's the question. Which one of you obeys your mom on a regular basis? (laughs) They look at each other. Nobody says a word. So he thinks, I've got to come up with a better question. So he says, all right, um, which one of you never talks back to your mom? Again, total silence. So now he's kind of panicking, and he goes, all right, which one of you does exactly what mom tells them to do? It's a long silence, very awkward. And they finally said, okay, Dad, you win. You're the only one that does those things with mom, right? (laughs) I just love that story. I can't wait to tell it two more times today. No, we're going to talk about this key verse, the fifth commandment, and it's in Exodus uh, 20, 12. So get out your app, get out your Bible. Here it is. Honor your father and mother, then you will live a long life, full life in the land the Lord your God has given you. 
So here's one of the things you need to know. This is the only commandment with a promise attached to it. It's very interesting. So in other words, God says, listen, I'm going to reward and I'm going to notice those kids that learn to honor and obey their parents. Now, this is no simple task. Let me say this. I want to be super honest. You know, being a parent is one of the most difficult, complex, and sometimes heartbreaking roles we have in life. My wife and I have three adult children now, and I survived to be able to tell you this message today. All right? So, so being a parent can be really difficult. It can be really hard. Here's what I learned in my own life. I'm going to be really honest with you. When we had kids, I learned a couple of things about myself. Number one, I learned every weakness that I have they bring out. And I learned they will not only push the buttons, they will find buttons you didn't know you had. Right? I also learned that I was a really selfish person. Now, I, I did not think I was that selfish. But I was wrong. When you raise kids, it's no longer about you and the marriage anymore. It's about you investing in them. And I realized, man, I really need to be less selfish in my life. But I don't want to just say parenting is awful hard, terrible. No. Some of the greatest joys my wife and I have ever had in our life, some of the greatest meaning, purpose, laughter, love, has come from raising our kids. So I think raising kids is a really great thing. It's just a challenging thing, and we need God's perspective. And so what I want to do today, I want to start by giving us God's perspective on the family. Because everyone in the world today has their new opinion on the family. What it should look like, how it should act. Well, listen, family was God's idea. God created families because God desires families because God knows that families flourish if they live according to his will and his ways. So let me give you the first principle today. When kids honor their parents, they honor God's plan for the family. So let me see if I can give you an overview of how I think God's mind might work in the family. See, spiritual parents and healthy parents tend to raise spiritual and healthy kids. That creates spiritual and healthy families. And spiritual and healthy families tend to create spiritual and healthy churches. And spiritual and healthy churches tend to create spiritual and healthy communities. And those healthy communities create healthy counties. And those counties create healthy states and states' nations. Do you know still today, the number one factor in a healthy country is the quality of their family. God knew way ahead of sociologists what makes a, a society work. It works when you have strong, healthy families. And so God says to kids, listen, uh, families are such a big deal to me. I want you to learn to honor and obey your parents. Because this is no simple task. And by the way, being a kid in your family is not always easy. Being a kid with you as the parent or the grandparent might not always be easy. But this time I want to do this overview. And I want to say this, parents, listen to me. Please listen to me. Nobody is going to impact your kid like you can. 
Nobody. So if you want a kid that learns to honor you and respect you, then you need to create an environment in your home of love and care and boundaries and nurturing so that that kid will learn these things. Because (laughs) you're the only adult in the room. And what kids want to do is make you go down to their level. We start screaming like them. We start threatening like them. You're the adult. Can anybody relate to what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Yeah. We all can relate. So if you want a kid that learns about God, you learn about God. If you want a kid that learns about respect, you be respectful to them. And if you're a kid and you're here today, listen, God wants you to learn how to respect your parents. He wants you to create an environment where the family can thrive. Watch this. Children, always obey your parents, for this pleases God. So now we have it in the Old Testament. Now we have it in the New Testament. So, for example, when your parent says, could you take out the trash, don't act like they just asked you to work a 70-hour work week. You, do, you know, the eye roll thing. Really? Right? Me? Why not my sister? She's one. That's why. Right? Or whatever. You know, whatever. Whatever. Just take out the stupid trash. Now I want you to understand something. Actually, children are to obey the parents because it pleases God. I mean, look what it says. The motivation for a teenager to obey their parents is to please the Lord. In other words, God says, I I want you to make me happy by doing this for me. I I think that's pretty profound. I like what Tim Keller says, it's respect for parents that is the basis for every other kind of respect. Isn't that good? And every other kind of authority. The brutal reality is that someone's going to be our boss probably for the rest of our lives. And if kids don't learn to respect their parents who are their authority, then how else are they going to respect other bosses in their lives. Now, I want to say this, and I want to give what I've called here a little bit of a disclaimer. And here's the disclaimer. Some of you kids grew up, or as adults now, you grew up in messed up homes. And maybe some of you are in a messed up home. I grew up in that kind of home. Some of you grew up in violent homes. Some of you, now everybody says, well, my home is dysfunctional. Welcome to life, right? Every home is dysfunctional, all right? But, but I want to say this very sensitively. If you're in a home and you're being abused right now, it, physically, sexually, emotionally, I really, we care about you. I want you to tell somebody. Tell one of us. 
tell your teacher, tell somebody, because that is not okay. And I, I also want, want you to understand, though, that your job is to respect your parent. Now you say, well, you don't know my parents. No, I don't. Well, they don't deserve respect. Listen, the Bible has two descriptions of respect. One is respect that is earned. Someone does a valiant thing or an honorable thing or, or, or you know, really risks their lives. And yeah, we say, you earned my respect. Yep, that's in the Bible, that kind of respect. But the other respect in the Bible is not an earned respect. It's a respect for the position. For example, God tells all of his children to respect government authority. Doesn't mean we like them. Doesn't mean they haven't messed up. But God says, I want societies to work well too, not just families. So I want you to give the position respect. And that's what God's doing here with the family. I want kids to give the position of parenting respect. See, all the way back in Exodus 21, 17, anyone who dishonors his father or mother must be put to death. Then you say, wow, God's really severe here. Remember, God is now giving these commandments because he wants society to work. And he wants culture to work. And so God's saying, if the family breaks down, Ultimately, everything else is going to break down. And we are seeing this right before our eyes. We are seeing this right before our eyes. But I want to say one other thing. If you have hurt a child, and I know this is going to be really sensitive, or you are currently hurting a child, I want you to tell somebody. Because there's a saying in recovery that says, you know, secrets lead to more sin. And you just need to know that Jesus died on the cross to forgive you of that. And we'll put people alongside you. We will get you some help. But you need to stop doing that. And your willpower is not going to be enough. You need to tell somebody so that Jesus can heal you, so you can get restored, so we can help build families back together again. So kids, you don't have to do things that your parents tell you if the Bible forbids it. No, we're talking about respecting parents in their role as they live healthy, responsible lives. But it's interesting, God starts here talking about kids, isn't it? He didn't put, this is his top 10. He didn't start with parents, here's why. He's assuming parents are going to do the right thing. That's what he's assuming. So parents, as we do the right things, then our kids will learn to respect us and honor us. And that means creating a culture of love. That means creating a culture of care. Um, I saw this yesterday. In my street, a kid was going to walk into the street, and the dad says, don't go there, son. Stop. See, it is loving to set boundaries for protection. All right, here's the second thing we want to talk about. Honoring our parents is more than just obeying them in our childhood. You see, the Bible says, and this is really important, if you're an adult now, you don't have to obey your adult parents anymore. Now, you're not an adult at 13. I know you think you are, okay? You're not, not yet. But when you're an adult, you no longer biblically have to obey your parents. But then God says he does want us to honor them. So the Apostle Paul writes in 
Corinthians 6, 1, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Now look at this verse. Paul says, children, obey your parents because you belong to God. In other words, God's saying, my family is going to be different than the world's family. And because you belong to me, and I love you and care for you, you're to be different than the world. And secondly, it's the right thing to do. It's just the right thing to do. That kids learn to follow their parents' directions. And they say, well, what about if I'm 35, you know, my dad's 70, do I still have to obey him? And I think I've clearly told you, no, you don't have to obey him anymore, but you need to learn to honor him. <laughs> I had this fun talk with my son, Austin. He's 28. And I said, son, you better be nice to me or you're not going to get any inheritance. And he laughs and he gets this little sly smile and he goes, dad, you don't get it. You better be nice to me because I'm picking your nursing home. <laughs> I hate it when they're smart. I really do. So how do I honor my adult parent? So I want to give you some ways to do that, okay? First of all, speak well of them. And, and I want to say this to all young people. At some point, you're going to discover your parents have issues. And it's actually really disappointing. You know, kids grow up thinking their parents are great for a while. And then they see weakness. Then they see sin. And that actually kind of hurts a kid. And so when you get older, it's easy to start not speaking well of them. It's easy to kind of air out a parent's dirty laundry among friends because it's funny. It's, now, there's a difference between mocking fun and really being derogatory. I, you know, speak well of your parents in public. I'm not talking about the having fun part. I'm talking about where you make them look bad. Speak well of them. Talk nicely about them. Secondly, appreciate them. You know, I, I, I firmly believe this. Kids will never know how much sacrifice parents do until they become parents. You just can't know. Do you know how much I do for you? <laughs> you know, go ahead, try that at home. See how that goes. We've all tried it. They don't get it until they go, oh my goodness, my poor parents. Appreciate them. You know, parents want to know they made a difference in your life. We're insecure people. They just want to know they made some difference. They made an impact. Tell them that. Here's another one. Seek their wisdom. Here's what I learned. I maybe said this to you. I know around 15 or 16, in the minds of a teenager, all parents become dumb. All right? If, you don't have, if you're not there yet, it's coming. They just think they know better than you. And they think you don't know their culture. You don't know their tribe. You just become stupid. This doesn't change until they're in their 20s. Sometimes 50s. It just doesn't. But after a while, you'll get a call, and one of them will say, hey, Dad, I was thinking about this. What do you think? You get up off the floor, right? 
And you say, oh, it's about time you called me, you dumb idiot. No, you don't do that. You say, well, that's interesting. You want my opinion? Well, yeah, not too much of it. I just want some. You know, do you know in the Old Testament when you disparaged a parent in public, they treated it legally the same as physically assaulting them in public. That's how revered older adults were. The Bible talks a lot about the wisdom of older adults. You know, one of the ways to honor your parents is to let them teach you a few things. And when that moment comes, parents... Just be gentle with it. Just give them a spoonful. Don't dump the truck. How about support them? Now, for some of you parents, this is going to feel a little uncomfortable. You see, my wife and I were in what's called the sandwich generation, where we have older adults getting really old, and we, you know, going to have our first grandbaby. Yeah, baby, yeah. Okay, but you get both sides. And you know the Bible says that, that we are to, to learn how to, to honor them physically. I, I, I think a lot of times we, we don't get this. So I, I want to just share something with you. Um, it's easy to forget that your parents are just people too. And they get older and they get isolated and they get alone. And they really need us to call them and to take them out to lunch and to help them and just to physically be around them. And and, and I just, you know, I don't want to offend anybody, but sometimes when people get older, they get better or they get more bitter, right? They get more negative or more positive. And I can't tell you which way it's going to go, but we're to honor them by hanging out with them a little bit, but we're also to support them financially. Yeah. Yeah. But those, this is in 1 Timothy 5.8, who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, listen to this, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. I mean, we got to take this more seriously. If you say you're a Christian, now I'm not saying you have to send your parents on a cruise every three months. But I'm saying they should have some food and shelter, and and maybe they mismanage their money. Maybe they mismanage their life. I'm just saying that at some levels, our call as Christians is to help provide for them. Not for a lifestyle, but to survive. And we've got to take a stronger look at this. And then we've got to forgive them. This is hard. Some of you had difficult parents. I had difficult parents. And it is really difficult to forgive them. I was talking with a guy the other day, and we were just talking uh, in, a, in a restaurant. I, I, I didn't know him. I met him. He was talking about how his issues with his parents, he can't forgive them. And he had a, he had a coffee mug. And I said, you know, when you don't forgive them, it's like drinking your own poison. All you're doing is hurting yourself. And he said, I know it, but I don't know what to do about it. And I said, the Bible says, 
forgive others as Jesus has forgave you. And I said, when people are really difficult for me to forgive, I have to remember how much Jesus has forgiven me. And only then can I forgive others. And he goes, you're right, Jesus has forgiven me so much. See, when you forgive someone, it's saying, I accept that you wounded me. I accept that you hurt me. I'm, I'm not going to minimize it. I'm not going to pretend. But I'm going to ask this Jesus who's forgiven me of so much to help me forgive you. And that's no simple thing. But here's the thing. God promises to bless those who honor their parents. Remember I said, it, it says if you honor your parents, you're basically going to live better and live longer. Now this is more of a principle than an outright promise. But God's very clear about this. Here's what it says. Remember, honor your father and mother. Then you will live long, a full life in the land your Lord has given you. Now here's why. God is a father. What kind, now watch this, son or daughter, have you really been to him? I'd give me a C. I mean, honestly, when it's all said and done, I'll ask my three questions. Are you always obedient? If you do, you get the toy. Do you talk back to him? Do you do what he says? See, the truth is, God has forgiven us of so much. He's such a good father. He's so patient. He's so forgiving. He's so loving. And he wants us to learn to be that for our kids. And kids, he wants the kids to learn to be that for the parents. Because when we do that, we live better and we tend to live longer. You see, the reason I want to be a good dad is because I have a good dad. His name is God. The reason I want to be a good dad is I want my sons to be good dads and my daughter to be a good mom one day. Now I want to end with this. Some of you might not know this God but Stephen Curtis Chapman wrote a song years ago, and I love the lyrics. He says, maybe you've heard the stories, but they all sound too good to be true. You heard about a place called home, but there doesn't seem to be one for you. So one night you cry yourself to sleep. I honestly think that's a lot of people in the world today. He says, but when love takes you in, you belong there. The loneliness ends and a new life begins. That's a life with God through Jesus. When love takes you in, everything changes. His love will never let you go. The best way to be a good parent, the best way to be a good son or daughter is to ask the loving God of the universe to come in. Because when he comes in, the loneliness ends and everything changes. And that's what I want to pray for you right now. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you that you want us to call you Father. Thank you that you've put up with us for so long, we have messed up so much.
And yet you offered your son to die for us, to forgive us so that we could be close to you. So God, I'm going to pray for anybody that feels lonely right now. I'm going to pray for anybody that doesn't really come from a loving home. I'm going to pray that you might be their father. And that they could come in right now to your family. Lord, I want to pray for every young person here. That they might learn to honor and obey their parents. Because God, it pleases you. And it's the right thing to do. God, I want to pray for every parent that they could understand that it's their role and privilege to create an environment where love can grow, safety, and a sense, God, of your presence in the home. I pray for every parent that they would take up the challenge to mentor their kids spiritually, to invest in them emotionally, to come alongside them in times of struggle and failure, to be good examples of what it means to follow Jesus. But in all this, God, we need your help. We cannot do it on our own. So we ask for your help, and we know you desire to give it, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Yeah, yeah. Well, good morning, everybody. How we doing? Hey, not only that, we have Jake. This is much more important. We have Jason, the youth pastor's wife here. That's much more important. No, Jason, stand up. Youth pastor, give him some love. Yeah, it's the only love he gets all week. So thank you so much. It is true. It is true. Hey, listen, I love being here. This is just such a phenomenal campus. G is just as good as it gets, right? We all know that. And so it's just great to be here two weeks in a row. And, and I love teaching on the Ten Commandments, but I want you to kind of work with me. So we do a little backtrack. We, we've spoken four weeks, and we looked at the first four commandments. Now, the first four commandments actually teach us on how to relate to God. They're, they're very vertical in nature, and then the second Ten Commandments set, which we're going to look at six, uh, five through ten, have to do with a horizontal relationship, and that is how to love people. Now, here's what's so interesting about Jesus. So these Pharisees, they're always trying to trap Jesus, and they come up to Jesus, and they say to Jesus, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? Now, there's not just ten. At this time, there's 622. And they think they can trap Jesus. They're always trying to stump him. They want to wreck his reputation. They want to embarrass him. So they say to him, hey, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment of the 622? Jesus doesn't hesitate. Why? Because he's God. These guys are minions compared to him. And he says, this is the great commandment, that you love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. In other words, it's this vertical relationship. He actually is saying, hey, love God with all of you, not just part of you. All your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And then he says, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. You know what Jesus is doing? He's taking the Ten Commandments, he's wrapping them up in four words. Love God 
love people. Isn't that something? That's how brilliant he is. Love God, love people. So the next, you know, six weeks, we're going to talk about how do I love people? And it should be no surprise, God wants to start talking about the family. And so we're going to talk about how kids are to honor their parents. Now, I want to say this to you parents. If you want to go get your kids out of kids' church and bring them here, go right ahead. Because I'm going to bring it. Okay? So, so if you want to get your kids now, go get them. Don't worry. Because we'll just pray for you as you go get them. Listen, t- I, I said last time, say you'll give them a dollar. That doesn't work anymore. I forgot. 20 bucks. Man, 20 bucks to hear Dave. That's almost a dollar a minute. That ain't bad. All right? But anyway... We're going to talk about this, but I want to start by telling you about this story about this dad. And he's at an office party. He wins the raffle, and he wins this awesome toy he thinks his kids are going to love. So he comes home, and he lines the three kids up, and he says, listen, kids, I won this toy, and they were salivating. They all wanted this toy so bad. And he says, one of you are going to get the toy. So they're just super excited. So he says, but you've got to answer this question right. So here's the question. He says, all right, which one of you obeys your mother? They all look down. Nobody says a word. And he's thinking, uh-oh, I need another question. He goes, all right, all right, which one of you, okay, which one of you never talks back to your mom? <laughs> Again, dead silence, right? And he's, he's panicking. He doesn't even know what else. He says, okay, one, one last question. This is it. He says, which one of you does whatever your mom wants them to do? And they all got really quiet. It was really uncomfortable. And in unison, they said, Dad, you win. You're the only one that does those three things. (laughs) You win, Dad. You're the winner. Chicken, chicken dinner. Now, women love that story. I just have to say they love that story like all men should do what we tell them to do. Amen? I, t- I know, I know. Guys, I'll, g- I'll help you next time. All right, let's look at this fifth commandment that says, honor your father and your mother, then you will live a long life, a full life in the land the Lord your God has given you. Here's what's interesting. It's the only one of the Ten Commandments that actually has a promise attached to it. See, the Bible says God is a rewarder of those who seek him. So God's going to try to reward, he's going to try to inspire kids to obey their parents. And if they do that, they're going to have a greater chance of living better and living longer. So I want to look at some things. Let's start right here. When kids honor their parents, they honor God's plan for healthy families. Now let me say this. I want to be really upfront. My wife and I, we have raised three kids. They, They love God. They love us now as adults. But I want to tell you, we understand, those of you who have kids at home, we understand how challenging this is. We understand how complex this is. We even understand sometimes how heartbreaking this is, being a parent. And I'm going to be really real with you today. I'm going to just tell you what parenting taught me. Number one, if you have a weakness, kids will find it. Uh, My kids revealed every weakness I ever had. And some I didn't know I had, but I now know I have. But my kids also learn to push buttons. They push buttons. They know your buttons. They are pro-button finders. And they're pro-button pushers. 
And after a while, they push your buttons so badly, you start acting like the child in the relationship. <laughs> the other thing I learned, and this was really humbling for me because I really didn't think I was a selfish person. But when we had kids, I found out that I was really a selfish person. Because, see, when you really want to do a good job as a parent, it's not about you and your marriage anymore. It's about them. It's about God and about them. And I discovered that, wow, I'm pretty selfish. And so parenting does all of these things to us. But I think parenting gets a bad rap today, like everybody talks about the negatives. I want to tell you, I love being a parent. I like the whole time of being a parent. Okay, a few nights I didn't like it. But overall, really, some of the greatest joy, some of the greatest pleasure, some of the greatest blessings in Patty and I's lives have been being parents. So I'm going to say being a parent's a great thing. It's just a complicated thing. And it's going to test you in every area of your life. All right? So, so let's take a look. Children, always obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. Children, always. I always hate it when the Bible has always in some passages. I like, like, sometimes, Dave, serve your wife. That's a good one. Like Monday, Wednesdays, and, and Sunday. Okay, serve your wife. But God says, children... Always, right, obey your parents. Why are kids told in the Old Testament and the New Testament to honor and obey their parents? Here's kind of why I think why. You see, God loves people and God wants society to work. And so God knows in order for society to work, it needs strong families. And here's how a strong families develop. When you have a, a mom and a dad or even a single parent that loves God and loves their kids and they try to raise them in a healthy way, you end up with a healthy kid. You get a healthy kid and a healthy few kids, you get a healthy family. So healthy parents make healthy kids. Healthy kids make healthy families. Healthy families make healthy churches. Healthy churches then make healthy communities. Healthy communities make healthy counties, make healthy states. You get the idea. Do you know even today, right, social scientists will acknowledge that the strength of any society is still the family unit. And God knows this. And so part of his top ten, think about it. God could have named any ten things he wanted, but he says one of them is I want families to work. Now, you have to understand this, parents. He's assuming that you're going to love them well. And he wants them to love you back well. So, if you want kids that learn to honor and obey, you need to create the kind of environment in your home so that makes that easier for kids. And if your kids aren't earning and obeying you, you need to look in the mirror because you're the only adult in the room. You know you're in trouble when you are screaming, pouting like a child, when you're begging them. So what does that mean? That means that, that listen, no one's going to have influence on your kids like you do, for good or for bad. Nobody. So create a home of love. Create a home of safety and security. Create a home of boundaries, though. Create a home where those boundaries have consequences. So parenting is always about loving and boundaries and consequences. It just is. 
So if you create that kind of home, you're going to teach your children. Now watch this, and I, I love this quote by Tim Keller. He says, it's respect for parents that is the basis for every other kind of respect and every other kind of authority. In other words, if your kids learn to love you and respect you, when they get a boss, they can learn to honor and respect their boss. If you haven't taught them that, they're going to have a hard time keeping a job. It starts at home. Now watch this. God knows this. Remember, God takes Israel, the smallest kind of tribe in the world, no power, no strength. He says, you're going to be my people, and I'm going to be your God, and you're going to represent to the world what having me as a God looks like. So God wants families to work. God is totally invested in families. Now I know some of you say, well, you know, Either I grew up in a messed up family, or I'm in a messed up family. And I want to tell you, my heart grows out to you. I grew up in a messed up family. Now, when kids tell me I'm from a dysfunctional family, I just say, welcome to the world. Every family is dysfunctional. It's not my wife, it's me and our family. All right? Every family is dysfunctional. But I want to say something very sincere. If you're a kid and you're getting abused emotionally, physically, sexually, I want you to tell somebody. Tell me, tell Jared, tell, tell a teacher, tell a coach. I, I want you to tell somebody. Because we don't want that for you. That's not good for you. That's not good for the person who's doing that for you. And if you're a parent or an adult and you're abusing someone, you need to tell somebody also. Because we know in recovery ministry that secrets lead to more sickness. And secrets lead to more sin. And the gospel, this idea that Jesus would go to the cross, Jesus died for your sin. Jesus can forgive you of that sin. Jesus can repair you from that sin. Jesus can heal you from that sin. But you got to let somebody know. Now, I know that's pretty heavy duty, but that's the day we're living in. And we've got to be honest about that. So talk to somebody on either avenue. Exodus 21, 17, you say, well, why should a child... Obey the Lord. Watch this, what they said. Anyone who dishonors the father and mother must be put to death. That is heavy duty. Now remember, God's saying, this little group of people are going to be my people. I'm going to be their God so the world can be attracted to me. So God's starting this whole thing out. And he says, listen, if you start disrespecting your parent and doing this, I take it very seriously. As a matter of fact, in ancient times, the penalty... For physical assault to a parent was the same as a parent verbally assaulting a child or a child verbally assaulting a parent. Isn't that interesting? So a long time ago, God knew words were really powerful. And so we, we want to be a church that takes seriously this privilege we have of raising kids, but also kids and teenagers of learning to honor our parents. And that, that is no small thing. 
That's no small thing. See, honoring our parents is more than just obeying them in our childhood. Now, when your parent asks you to take out the garbage, and they will, could we stop with the eye-rolling? Oh, oh, oh. Where, where did every child, it's an innate response. You know, like they just ask you to work 70 hours a week to take out the garbage. No, ask sister to do it. Sister's one years old, she can't do it. Because honoring and obeying just isn't the effort, it's the attitude. You want me to do that? You, you want me? Yeah, it's your bed. Make it. I mean, right? So, so listen, young, young kids, listen. Make your bed. Clean your room. Do your chores. It's good for you. You should have saw me when they were young. Okay, well, what do I do? This is important. What do I do with kids that don't really want to honor and obey? Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. So watch this. This is so interesting to me. God wants children to honor and obey their parents on his behalf. The reason you do it is because you love God and you want to please God. You do it for the Lord. Now, I know I, I've had young people tell me forever, Dave, really, you don't know my parents. Dave, you don't know them. They don't deserve my respect. If you knew my parents, Dave, you would see why I don't respect them. Well, listen, there are two descriptions on why we're to respect someone in the Bible. And one of them is the kind of respect we do today, and that says respect is earned. When someone does a very valiant thing or a committed thing, we say, wow, you earned my respect. But the other form of respect in the Bible is not respect that's earned. It's respect that is given to the position. Let me show you what I mean. Here's one example in the Bible. We, as Christians, are to respect and honor government and politicians. Now, that is not an easy thing to do. But to honor and respect someone doesn't mean you agree with them. Doesn't even mean you like them. It means that we are to respect the position for God. And, and it even answers this in the New Testament. Why should we do this? so that it'll go well with your lives. Do you know that? I mean, Paul is very practical. God is very practical. The reason you and I are to honor and respect our politicians is so that it would go well with us by and large. And the same is for parents. Children are to respect parents because of their position that God has given them. So when a young person tells me, you don't know my parents, I don't need to respect them, I say, I don't know your parents, but God wants you to respect the position they have in your life. 
Because if a child doesn't learn how to respect and honor their parents, they will never learn how to respect and honor a boss. And all of us are going to have bosses for the rest of our lives. And if you don't learn how to submit to leadership at levels, you won't be successful in life. So God is trying to set up boundaries to help families work that help society works. I mean, that's the way it is. You say, well, what do I do, Dave, if I have older parents? So here's the thing. Adults don't have to obey adults. In other words, if you're an adult child and your mom or dad is still living, you are not required under the Bible to obey them anymore. But you are required in the scriptures to honor them. And I want to talk about that because most of us are going to be children for a long time. And so how we relate to our older parents is very important to God. So I want to give you some ways to do that. And one way is to speak well of them. To speak well of them. Here, here's something, and really this happens. I love having fun with my adult kids. We joke around a lot. My sons, uh, they're really quick-witted. We have a lot of fun. So I'm not talking about that. My son, Austin, we were joking one day. I said, son, you better be nice to me or else you're not getting any inheritance. He kind of laughs and he gets this sly smile and he says, oh, no, dad, you don't get it. You better be nice to me because I'm going to pick your nursing home. <laughs> so I put in the will, don't let Austin pick the nursing home. <laughs> not really, but I will put it later. Um, but I'm not talking about that fun banter. I'm not talking about joking around. But here's what happens. You get a little older, and at some point, usually in teenage years, really, you, you find out your parents have some issues. And it's disappointing, right? You find out they have weaknesses. You find out they have shortcomings. You find out they have sin. And really, as a young person, that is disappointing. And then you get a little older, and it's really disappointing. But what do you do with that disappointment? What do you do with that anger? It's easy when you get older to get passive-aggressive and to start mocking them in public, to start telling that story that should stay within the family that will embarrass your dad in public, to joke about that time your mom did this that really isn't that funny and will embarrass her in front of her family. You know, we need to honor them. Now, have a blast with them. Joke around with them. But don't disparage them. Don't embarrass them. Speak well of them. Here's another one. Appreciate them. Now, I want to tell all parents with young kids this one thing. You can take this to the bank. Your kids will not appreciate you until they have kids. Okay? It's just not going to happen. I'll give you an example. When our kids were young, we wanted them to be better at math. So every summer, um, we took them through math books during summer break. They hated this, okay? Don't worry, I would have hated it too, but I'm the parent. So even when we'd go on vacation, we'd drive to Florida, and we would say, okay, it's an hour to do our math time and our workbooks because we felt the school system's math wasn't good. They're in public schools. We love the schools, but we want them to be better at math. 
So every day, even on vacations, they would do math, do math. They absolutely hated it. Until my son's about to have his first child, we meet with him. He tells us, hey, Dad, we're going to have a child, and we're going to do math books in the summer. Like, yeah! I mean, it's going to take a long time to get appreciation, parents. Trust me. But it's like my daughter would say, Dad, I just want to, you're the strictest parents in the high school. And she was the third of three. And I said, you know, your brother told me that. Your other brother told me that. And they turned out great. You got no shot. (laughs) But, you know, they get older and they appreciate you. But wait for a while. It's coming. Seek their wisdom. You know, we're a unique culture and that we don't really value older adults anymore. In the history of the world, people with gray hair, older adults were valued for their wisdom. People would approach them for their wisdom. And we kind of devalue them. You, you want to make your parents feel good? Give them a phone call and ask them their advice. Now, if you're the parent and this happens the first time, don't say, it's about time, you knucklehead. That's not good. I know the first time I got a call, I said, honey, call the medics. I'm on the ground. My son asked me for advice. I said, just a minute, I got to get up. But just give them a little advice. But you want to honor your parents? Just ask for the, you don't even have to do it. But it's saying, I value you, and you matter. And then support them. Support them physically. You know, when adults get older, their worlds shrink. People they know and love die. They don't always have the job. They get lonely. I mean, every study says this. Hang out with them sometimes. Spend time with them. It's more valuable than money. They they don't have as many friends. And then financially. Do you know the scripture is very clear that we're to honor our parents financially. Listen to this. 1 Timothy 5.8 But those who won't care for their relatives, especially in their own household have denied the true faith. In other words, you're denying you're a Christian. You're denying that you believe in Jesus. Such people are worse than unbelievers. The reason you're worse is you know better. Now, he's not saying you go to your parents who have mismanaged their money their whole life, and you say to them, listen, I've got you set for a cruise every four months. Is that okay? No. And I want to talk to older adults right now, and it does not say in here, you go to your kids and you say, you owe me. They don't owe you. It doesn't say that. They don't owe you. What it's saying is a loving son or daughter, make sure you don't go destitute. They give you enough clothing and shelter. Now, if you're an addictive unhealthy person there's sometimes there's nothing they can do that isn't their fault what Paul is saying is if if it's in your power you need to make sure when your parents get old 
that you help them if you can. And our society needs to look at this a lot more deeply. And this is the hardest one, actually. Forgive them. See, some of you grew up in a messed up home like I did. And there's a lot to forgive. I had this interesting conversation this past week. I I meet this guy in a Starbucks, and he's got a coffee mug. And he just starts talking to me about his parents and how he can't forgive them. I'm like, wow. So I start talking to the guy. He goes, listen, I can't forgive him. How do I forgive him? And so I, I say to him, well, listen, do you see your coffee mug? He had a large one. I said, yeah. I said, if you don't learn to forgive people, it's like drinking your own poison. All that bitterness and rage and hurt is only hurting you. I said, you don't want to do that anymore. He goes, yeah, I don't know how to forgive him. I go, here's the only way I learned how to forgive difficult people that have hurt me. It's actually in the Lord's Prayer. You forgive as you've been forgiven. And I said to this guy who was a Christian, I said, listen, how much do you think God, the Father, has forgiven you? He goes, oh my. Oh my. Now if you think about that, I said, that's what turned the corner for me. Are you kidding? God has forgiven me so much. I, I mean, it's just unbelievable. And, and so here's what God said. Because I have, a, as a loving father, forgiven you, I want you to remember that and ask me to help you forgive someone else. Now, here's what forgiveness means, and it doesn't mean. Forgiveness doesn't mean you minimize what happened to you. Forgiveness doesn't mean you ignore what happened to you. Actually, forgiveness means you are taking on the wound that was done to you. Forgiveness says there's been a violation. There's been a wound. Just like Jesus did for you. By his wounds, we are healed. So you take the wound, but then you ask God to let it go. That's what forgiveness means, to let something go. And that's one way you can honor a difficult parent, is ask God to remind you how much you've been forgiven and to ask his help to forgive this really difficult person. Now, I want to I end this way. Stephen Curtis Chapman, he's a little bit older, but he wrote a beautiful song. And I want to read to you some of the lyrics, and I want you to think about your father in heaven and how he feels about you. Now, you've heard the stories, but they all sound too good to be true. You've heard about a place called home, but there doesn't seem to be one for you. So one more night, you cry yourself to sleep. See, I think that's a lot of people, that they don't really feel at home anywhere, and they don't really feel secure that much anywhere. He says, but when love takes you home and says you belong here, The loneliness ends and a new life begins. That's what God says. Here's the prodigal son. 
rejected the father, lived a selfish life, lost all the inheritance, blew it badly. And the Bible says every morning the father looked over the horizon for the son to come back and he ran to the son and said, you're home. My son was dead. Now he's alive. Now he's home. The loneliness ends and a new life begins. When love takes you in, everything changes. His love will never let you go. That's how much God the Father loves you. So I want to end with three questions to kind of show you how powerful this is. It's the three questions of the dad to his kids. How many of you always obey God? How many of you never talk back to him? How many of you do whatever he asks you to do? And we know the answer, none of us. Not one of us. And yet Jesus goes to a cross and he dies for us. He's spit upon, he's beaten, he's slapped, he's slugged. He's tortured by his wounds. You were here. And who put Jesus there? The Father who gives the Son so that he can love you. Let's pray. God, thank you that you're such a loving Father. And we don't deserve it. And we certainly haven't earned it. We've been rebels. We've been selfish. We've been stubborn and sinful. And yet you sent Jesus anyway. So God, what a great picture of love. What a great picture of forgiveness. That this very day, even as I'm praying, your arms are open wide to anyone here that is far from you, that has rebelled against you, that has disregarded you. So God, thank you for that kind of love. And God, I ask you to help us love our kids with that kind of power, that kind of mercy, that kind of endurance. Lord, I want to pray for anyone here who is living independently of you, who is intentionally going against your word, who has rationalized and justified their behavior. Lord, I just pray your Holy Spirit would speak to them right now as I'm praying. That they could come clean with you. That they could confess the mess to you. And Lord, they could know that you'll make it okay. You'll turn it out right. You'll turn it even into good like you promised. So God, let us trust you as our Father. And then help us to be good mom and dads and good children. In your name we pray, amen.